Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at BoldIdeaPodcast.com. Episode 36 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, we run across them every day, it seems. Stupid ideas. But what's the best way to tell someone their idea is stupid? We'll be discussing that in this episode of Reinventure Me. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, oh, and welcome, everyone. This is Larry Gates <laughs> coming at you with Armin Asadi. Armin Asadi. You know, you've got to have some uh, mix up in the way that we uh, we open up these shows every time. It's hey, oh, is one way to go. <laughs> hey, oh, and it's kind of getting lame. But <laughs> how are you, Armin? Good. How are you, Larry? Good. I'm doing well. It's yeah. good to see you. You are all dressed up today. I know. I had business meetings. Big, big meetings. I'm not even a dress up fan. So <laughs> I know you're not. It's very uncomfortable. You're pretty me. cash, but boy, I tell you, you carry the look well. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> you carry the look well. I <laughs> tell thought me maybe more. <laughs> I thought maybe you're either a wedding or a funeral. No, <laughs> business meetings with healthcare organizations. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, that's good. Well, I'm sure you rock their their world hopefully well this podcast is hopefully going to rock your world here we've got a pretty fun one i think lined up here uh today and and really this whole series of podcasts are to try to help you define what's next in life for you but every once in a while we think it's good for all of us to take a step back and say how do we inspire other people in what's next for their life mm-hmm. and you can't help but uh running across stupid ideas from now and just hang out with me. I got at least nine a day. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And and many of them are our own, but uh, there are oftentimes we'll find that there are stupid ideas that ever, others have. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find the show notes for this episode at reinventure.me slash three six. I mean, we talked quite a bit in the past about getting feedback. Uh, episode 30, we talked about the secret to getting great feedback. Mm hmm. Every, this time, this time, <laughs> it's different. It's, this time, it's a little different. How to tell someone their idea is stupid? Well, maybe not quite in so many words. <laughs> we might make it a little softer delivery than that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was at Best Buy this uh, past weekend. I helped Anna uh, pick out a new iPhone six for herself, and uh, dealt with the uh, the guy behind the counter and got to know him a little bit. A little bit talking about what he's doing, and he's in school like a lot of the Best Buy employees are. Right. You know, they're getting ready to graduate or whatever and he's getting his degree in entrepreneurship so we Mm. had a little bit to chat about and uh you know i said well what are you planning to do with that and he said well i've got this idea but my professor thinks it's stupid (laughs) (laughs) really that just happened yeah yeah, it did and so so i said oh so what's your idea and so he was telling me the idea and he said uh he said, yeah, he, he just didn't think that I could uh, I, I could do anything with that. He thought it was a pretty dumb idea. And then he says, what do you do? And I said, well, uh, you might say that I do what your professor said was a dumb idea. What was his idea? <laughs> well, to help companies in, in growing their business and branding and 
some of the rest of the stuff. And I think uh, the professor's point for him is he probably needed a little few more Experience. years under his yeah. belt, you know, before you go try and <laughs> but, tell people how but it was it. just kind of funny that, you know, what seems like a dumb idea may not be such a dumb idea depending on, on when you're at, but right. But, well, uh, that makes sense. I mean, coming across someone who is probably doing it, he's probably realizing the idea is good. Just the person delivering it. Not so good. Yeah. Well, I think uh, he, he did say that the professor had remarked that a few of the students that he thought had bad ideas ended up doing pretty well with some of them as well like the fedex guy yeah, like the fedex guy <laughs> yeah he got what a c minus this thing will never take off it's a stupid idea a dumb idea and it'll never take off and, yeah. you know the thing about uh, cultivating these ideas stupid or otherwise is that they do cause us to change how we think about things and that brings us right into our inspire me quote the quote is man's mind once stretched by a new idea never regains its original dimensions by Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr. <laughs> and I love that. What is what do you think he's saying by that? <laughs> well, I think when you get a new idea, it shapes the way you think. Hmm. And I, I I do believe that's true. And you know, last week's episode we talked about Roger Thompson, my friend's dad, who said, I want to stretch your six inch mind around an eight inch idea. <laughs> right. And and even dumb ideas can stretch our thinking. You right. know, we can we can move into thinking about new things. I remember the first time I heard about Twitter. I thought, what a dumb idea. Really? Why? Well, who wants to spend time telling everybody that I'm having coffee yet uh, or whatever I'm eating? Or, you know, those early days of Twitter were all about just what I'm doing now. Hmm. In fact, that's kind of, I think, what they encouraged is what are you doing now and, and just record it. So it's kind of like your daily heartbeat. And hmm. I, I care very little if somebody has a hamburger, you know. <laughs> Uh, no, of course, if I have the hamburger, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> you like that idea. That's newsworthy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't know how Twitter got started. I mean, you obviously, you shamed me into st- you starting <laughs> yeah, to use Twitter. You're now on Twitter, yay. I am, I am. At yeah. Armenia Saudi. That's right, that's right. I'm blowing up, blowing up. I almost have 300 followers. All right, well, <laughs> well, I'm sure after this episode, you'll have at least 301. Yes, minimum, <laughs> minimum. Well, you know, Ryan, my son, uh, showed me an app that he's using. He's this is brilliant. He's showing me this app. He just thinks it's really cool. And all it does is it sends the message yo to your friends. It's kind of like the Facebook poke. You remember that poke in Facebook? Yeah. You could just poke your friends, which was one of the most annoying features on Facebook. Well, hands down, yeah. there is a application out there called Yo, which basically does that. You set up your list of friends that you want to yo to, and you press the button and it sends them a yo message. That's all it says is yo. And what does that accomplish? <laughs> See, to me, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, dumb idea. Yeah. But like a week or two ago, I read in the Wall Street Journal an analysis of yo and how they think what they're putting together could be the next big Twitter. I'm like, what? Hey, what's a, you know, better minds than mine are thinking about dumb ideas and figuring out how to make them work. That's outrageous. All it does is say, yo. Yo, that's all it says, yo. And this is the next Twitter. Yeah, well, Armin, I'm surprised you don't have this. I mean, I I know about this, and I'm a generation and a half <laughs> beyond you, so you know because I you am have very disappointed in you son. today. <laughs> you young, I don't have a young You are son. not bringing your A game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm working on the kids thing so they can keep me up to date on this. You have a lot more kids than I do right now. <laughs> right. I suppose, yeah. We're skipping a generation here, aren't we? <laughs> 
<laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea, but if they're making it work, why not? Well, you know, bad ideas have been around a long time. I've always thought one of the bad ideas was Chia Pets. You know, <laughs> you oh remember those? I, do. I had one. <laughs> yeah, well, who hasn't had yeah. a Chia Pet? And I just think they're one of the dumbest ideas, but, you know, it's, it's making Still somebody around. a lot of money. And I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you do. The Pet Rock. Do you remember the Pet Rock? No. Back in 1975. This is an actual rock. A rock. Well, here it is. That back in 1975, there was an ad exec. His name was Greg Dahl. And he was out with his friends, and he noticed that all of his friends kept complaining about their pets. So he decided to take some rocks, some not polished rocks, but smooth rocks, and paint faces on them and such, and put hair on them and all, this, all the rest. And he packaged up a How to Care for Your Pet Rock book. And... Talking about blowing up, this thing actually, uh, he had a 32-page training manual on how to care for your pet rock. He sold one and a half million rocks back in 1975, what? making him a millionaire in a year. You Just, kidding me? Yeah, this thing went kind of viral before, you know, internet. And, um, of course, it, you know, every good story kind of has a downside, too. He, yeah. he had gotten harassed by so many people with lawsuits and threats and all kinds of things going on that he said in, finally in 1988. He said, sometimes I look back and wonder if my life wouldn't have been simpler if I hadn't done it. <laughs> <laughs> what can they sue him for? I got, now, rock? I got to tell you, I, this is my true confession. I actually owned a pet rock. Oh, my Back gosh. in 1975, I had one of his pet rocks. Why would somebody? I don't. Well, uh, think about it. You know, in Christmas time, what do you buy somebody who has everything? You know, you get, a, you get them a pet rock. It's cute. It's inexpensive. And, you know, it's kind of like a little novelty. Don't have it anymore, I'm quite sure, but I wouldn't have a hard time recreating a new one if you want to buy it from me. I'll get my wife to paint faces on them. $5 a piece. There you go. So, you know, there's going to be pet rocks like that or pet rock ideas like that. In this case, it made him a million dollars. He probably wish he hadn't made, but um, uh, hindsight's always good foresight. And in this case, you know, when we are running across someone, and I imagine you find people all the time, right, or mean that have a bad idea or oh, yeah. maybe a stupid idea. Or... Oh, yeah, that's uh, entrepreneurs are filled with them. Exactly. That's what exactly. we do. Exactly. We go through 100 bad ideas to find the 10 maybe okay ideas, and out of those 10, one might actually work. Yeah, it might. It yeah. might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with lots of hard work. And lots of... <laughs> right. But that isn't, that you know, when we're surrounded by so many creative people, and in our circles and entrepreneurialism, you know, we'll be surrounded by a lot of creative people and they're going to have lots of ideas. So the question really is, how do you tell someone that their idea is stupid? It's a scary thing if they're an emotional processor. It is. It is. I don't know how to do it well. I'll tell you that. So the first thing we have to keep in mind is we have to do a preliminary self-check. And that is we have to look at ourselves and, and, and before we offer any kind of critique or just blurt out, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard you say. Right. You know, or of all the ideas you've had today, that's certainly one of them. So we want to make sure we're in the right place to give good feedback. First thing is to remember that the best ideas at first appeared stupid. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember Twitter appearing stupid. I remember Facebook appearing stupid and like, mm -hmm. what kind of business is going to make money from that? I remember thinking Google was stupid. Wow. Because why do another search engine when you have Alta Vista? <laughs> Alta what you say? Yeah. <laughs> yep, I yeah. don't remember that actually. <laughs> well, Alta Vista was like the big search engine baby and all of a sudden Google comes along and well, wh wh 
what is that going to do? And why do we need that? And all of a sudden, it became the big idea. Wow. So remember, the first ideas, or at least at first, they all seem or may appear stupid. The test of time is really what it's going to take to determine that. Second, ask if you've earned the right to be heard. Now, there are a lot of armchair critics out there. Yeah. It's so easy to just sit back and watch while everybody else goes out there and puts the effort into it. And then you can watch based on the effort and outcomes they've gotten based on something that they've tried, whether it was stupid or not. But there's a lot of times people are making judgment calls on something that they learn from watching them do it, not something they would have known if they did it themselves or yeah. if the other person didn't do it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I hear that quite a bit with my friends and it's, it's one of the most frustrating things to me, actually, you know, it's like everybody knew it, it wasn't going to work as soon as it doesn't. Yes. You know, and it's just like, really? Yeah. Did, did you know until I tried it? So the way it works is if you, if it doesn't work, then you knew it wasn't going to, right. if it does work, then you were there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in either case you're kind of taking credit right. yeah <laughs> but you know i i like what john luke goddard said he said he who jumps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand and watch preach yeah you know because those who are actually out there doing it deserve credit for doing it mm-hmm. and and really don't deserve or require any explanation to those of us who might think their idea is stupid yep so we got to remember that we need to earn that right to be heard before we jump into the to the fray and say, hey, you know, that's a stupid idea. Yep. There are far too many hit-and-run critics out there whose only contribution to an idea is to destroy the motivation and inspiration of the person who came up with it. Which never makes sense to me. I don't, I don't know what purpose that serves for someone. Is that jealousy because you don't want to see someone be successful? You... Like, I, I just, I can't wrap my brain around that. Yeah, it's, it's been human nature since Cain and Abel. Yeah. And it's going to happen again and again and again. So the challenge for us is to make sure we're not falling victim to that, that we're not doing a drive-by critique mm-hmm. that discourages someone who's actually putting a lot of labor and a lot of thought into what their idea is about. And then third, check your motivation. Are you really trying to help? Or are you trying to show off your own prowess? Right. I, I think that's a really good question to ask. I think I spend a lot of time back in the days, um, and I'm just talking about me here, trying to show my prowess, just because I think I had a lot to prove. Young, trying to do business, la di da di da. And you know, when people would come to process an idea, I think I was trying so hard to show them, here's what I know, rather than trying to help them get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And that never really helped. Right. Because there'd just be side tangent conversations most of the time. Yeah, it's so easy to get into the, I see this is a dumb idea, so let me show you how smart I am right. by telling you this is a dumb idea. Right. And then it becomes a showcase for yourself, yeah. which when you think about it, is a really dumb idea. Yep. And I, and, <laughs> In and of itself. Yeah, until I was about 25, 26, <laughs> I was very guilty of that. And well, I, you know, I think that that's one of those things that will haunt us for the rest of our lives. We're not careful to check these three things. Remember, best ideas appeared stupid at first. Second, ask yourself if you've earned the right. Third, check your motivation. Right. So when we are given some feedback, there's some ideas that we can we can do. The first one takes us all the way back, going to our way back machine to episode number four. Oof. <laughs> On mindset, you remember? I mean, we talked a lot about yep. mindset. Yep. And one of the things that I think was a big takeaway from that mindset episode, in fact, from the mindset book itself, was that you praise effort, not results. Oh, yep. 
And that is the first thing to keep in mind. When you're giving feedback on anything, good or bad, you praise the effort put into it, not the result. Right. And it allows somebody to take on the posture of a learner as opposed to someone with a fixed mindset who thinks that they're that they themselves are being critiqued. So there's probably something even in a stupid idea that you can find that's worth being praiseworthy mm -hmm. about something. One of my favorite pieces of advice to give to anyone at Mentor is a lot of times they deal, especially if they're in leadership, they always there's always that one bad nugget in the mix or in the group of people that they have to lead. And I always see that person draining everyone else because they're constantly in this negative state of mind. And I always just say, look, even if they have 99 things wrong with them, if there's one thing good about them, just put the magnifying glass over that and keep pointing that out. Mm -hmm. Because eventually what they're going to do is dismiss the rest and start focusing on that. And that it's just going to create a cycle where they're going to start giving positive feedback because they understand and feel how good it is to get positive feedback mm -hmm. themselves and it'll change. And if it doesn't, then there's the next piece of advice we don't need to go into. But mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's great. And it is always a discipline that we have to put on to find the good thing, even amongst the bad. Mm -hmm. You know, the old story of the little boy that goes into the barn and sees all of the horse manure there and he's excited because he figures with all that horse manure, there's got to be a pony there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> nope sorry son <laughs> so a second thing to do so praise the effort not the results the second thing is to get permission to give they may not be receptive to input on their idea uh, and even when they are receptive even when they give permission remember that they're invested in their idea uh, i once had a client who asked me to review the their product idea and why it wasn't selling in the market and we sketched it out and we were doing some whiteboarding and asking some questions and trying to identify who the market's for. And he said to me, the CEO, and this was a company that was probably, I don't know, four to $6 million in revenue. And he said, Larry, I want you to tell me that my baby is pretty, uh, you know? So he was invested in it. Yeah. He was definitely invested in it. Yep. And my reaction to him is one of the things we'll talk about in a little bit here. My reaction to him was, it doesn't matter what I say about your baby hmm. because you're not selling your baby to me. <laughs> yeah. But I can give you some suggestions. Yep. You know, So you've got to remember that people are invested in what they are putting together. They've spent the time and energy on it. And if they're not giving you permission to give input, it might the best strategy might just be to wait. Wait until they get ready. Wait until you sense that they're now receptive. And it might be painful to watch. You might watch your friends spend a lot of money, spend a lot of hours pursuing something that they're pursuing that you know probably isn't going to work out, but there's not much you can do about it mm -hmm. until they're ready to learn from it. Yeah, until they're ready, it's just, it's, it's, you're going to get more conflict out of it than you're going to get counsel or resolution or anything else out of it. I well, mean, in, in addition, you get them to put themselves in a defensive posture to yeah. entrench themselves in the idea even deeper. Yep. So it might cause them to stay with a bad idea even longer than they need to. Yeah. Uh, then if you were to show them that you're their ally yep. rather than their uh, critic yeah. uh, with respect to the idea that they have. Yeah, timing is huge. It's the difference between them perceiving it as an attack versus perceiving it as protection mm -hmm. and you 
your intention stays the same, but the perception changes. Yes. So if you can time it right, it'll it'll change the perception from attack to protection. The old saying, when a student is willing, the teacher will appear. The third thing you can do is, or should do, I think, in this matter, is to leave them better than you found them. Hmm. Uh, you know, John Wayne said, life is tough, and it's even tougher if you're stupid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, you know, I think part of that is that all of us are dumb in some way, oh, and, yeah. and we're one decision away from stupid. <laughs> uh, and And it's helpful to just remember that and to say part of our job really our responsibility toward those that we care about is to help them be less stupid Mm. but we got to do that from a place of humility not from a place of of that we have all the answers and i i like to think about interactions with people and and did i leave them feeling more inspired or less inspired did i leave them feeling better about what they're doing or worse about what they're doing so in the context of giving feedback always think about leaving them better than you found them and that means don't do hit and runs. Don't just drop something in their lap and expect them to take care of it. You might have to offer up something. You might have to uh, dig in and help in some way. Now, I know when you do this networking thing, Armin, you're very good at this. But you not just you don't just tell somebody, "Hey, uh, this is the person you ought to go talk to." You actually set up and tee up the introduction in such a way that the outcome is as successful as it can be. Right. So that's not doing a hit and run. That's engaging in a way that's helpful. That's saying, I'm investing a little bit of my time here to make sure that a connection I think is important to you actually materializes and can be as helpful as it can be. Absolutely. I mean, if you care about them, they're worth your time. Same thing you do. I see you do it with me. You've done it with my friends. You do it with your son's friends. You do the same thing for everyone that you come across. I think if if the person across from you is valuable, they're worth your time and investing in to whatever they are that they're doing, even if the idea is stupid. Yeah. So now you get through the, you're going to find something to praise them about. You're going to find a way to get permission and or wait for them to give you permission. You're going to leave them better than you found them. Now it gets really, really hard because now you have to help them see what you see. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where you can't do the hit and run. You can't do it quickly. Uh, you may not even be seeing it right. So you have to be in the mindset of a learner as well. Mm-hmm. So this is where you have to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And and be willing. I mean, if you think they have a bad idea, don't be dismissive about it. It's better to ask them questions about that in a discovery, not an interrogative way. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is a discoverer is co-learning with you, trying to advance mutual learning. An interrogator assumes a position of authority. I know the answer. I'm waiting to see if you know the answer. And it's all about how you come across doing that. And I've been around so many people. One guy I used to have breakfast with, he'd ask me questions in such a way that were like, well, do you know what this is? Do you know? And so it was like an interrogation. And it's like, I knew he knew the answer all the time, but why do you ask the question that way? Hmm. You know, and it just was like, I always felt like, there was the right thing that I was supposed to say in order to win his approval. Mm. And there were a lot of people like that. Yeah. I'll tell you, he'd be the last guy that I would put an idea in front of for that very reason. Right. Because if it's not his idea, it's a bad idea. Or if if you don't have the same set of knowledge he has, then you somehow are, are lacking. And the fact of the matter is we can't all be, uh, have the same set of knowledge. And the key in helping others see what you see is, 
that you need to summarize what you think you've heard about their idea. And if you see a flaw in it, put the flaw in context with everything else that you see. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you might find that as somebody's listening to your, your, they've got a business idea, for instance, to sell something, and it's it, it, it would work with a certain geography or a certain kind of people. You might find that you can comment on how well that would work and then ask questions about well, where do you see this going beyond that? Mm. Because you might find that they, they, maybe they're too limited. Maybe they're thinking too small about what they're doing. And when it starts to scale, it breaks down. Mm. You know, so you can ask those kinds of questions as well. Here's where you have to really then divorce yourself in this next one is in you help them see what you see, but now you have to separate out what is a requirement in your mind versus a preference. Mm. And this is one of those things where it's so hard to give an assessment of somebody else's idea because you imagine how you would use it. Right. So like I gave you the example of yo yeah, and you like, it's a stupid idea. Why? Because you would never use it. Yeah. Cause it does nothing. It does nothing for you. Right. But for a bunch of younger people, it's a way for them to stay connected and to say, Hey, it's kind of like the old punch in the arm. I, I'm thinking about you, care about you, whatever, and it's a way for them to do that. Hmm. Those of us don't need that kind of, of immediacy in, hey, I'm thinking about you, I'm going to send you a yo message, yep. right? Yep. So any of us would be looking at this yo thing and go, I'm not going to put five cents into that business, yeah. right? Yeah. But they just detracted a bunch of investment money from some venture capitalists who know something considerably more than we do about that company and who their market is. That's and, so crazy. And you remember my earlier comment about the customer that and my client that wanted me to say his baby was good looking. I right. had to remind him, I'm not the market for your baby. Right. So it doesn't matter whether it's good looking or not. Right. I get into this a lot of times when I, I might put a, a brand uh, work together for a client and, and maybe a new company name and a new logo and identity and all the rest. And invariably the business owner will want to get input from his wife. Oh, and well, she doesn't like this color or she doesn't think this is a good tagline or she doesn't think, and I'm like, well, does she buy these products and services that you're selling? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, she's not in my target market. I go, I mean, I'm open to any idea that you have from anybody, but let's remember the ones that we care most about are the ones that are going to be buying our products and services. Right. Let's stay focused on that. And so one of the things when you're giving feedback is to always remember, you may not be the person in mind for whatever it is they may be putting together. What's stupid to you may be a brilliant solution for someone else. Mm-hmm. And we just don't know. That's right. Okay. The final thing is kind of a special case when you are in a situation where the person has a bad idea is someone really close to you. So it could be your spouse. It could be a business partner. Those are crucial conversations that you need to have because not only does their bad idea affect them and you care about them, but it also is going to affect you. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones where a lot is at stake and you may not be able to separate yourself emotionally or consequentially out of the decision. Mm-hmm. So in those cases, the, the best strategy, if they're not willing to engage in a way that's get, allow, that you can get some good constructive feedback to them and make some adjustments, the best strategy might be to get some good outside objective counsel. So f- 
find your point of agreement. If it's with a business partner, your point of agreement is that you want to grow the business together. You're wanting to do things that are healthy for the business. You may disagree about whether the path that he, he or she is pursuing is good in terms of what's being developed. And we need to get some outside perspective to help bring that together. So some unbiased uh, third-party perspective might be helpful. Work from your common differences to maintain that partnership and to resolve them. Work from your common interests to maintain that partnership and resolve the differences. Well, those are the suggestions we have for how you might approach somebody that might have a stupid idea. Praise the effort, get permission, leave them better, help them see what you're seeing, distinguish between preferences and requirements, and suggest outside and objective help. You probably have some others. I'm guessing that you have encountered a number of people with some bad ideas. We'd like to know what were some of the approaches that you used in doing so as well. So if you do, would you leave a comment for us on our, our show notes at reinventure.me slash 36. But now it brings us right into our challenge. So these are a lot of good practical ways that uh, you can tell someone that their idea is stupid without hurting too many of their feelings. So what we want you to do, because we all, we all have that friend, um, especially if you know anyone like me who's an entrepreneur, that has a stupid idea. So if you do uh, know someone that has a stupid idea, what our challenge to you is just put these ideas to work and add your own suggestions, if you come up with any, to our show notes at reinventure.me backslash 36. And we'd love to hear what your ideas are. With that said, I know one of the things I would love to hear from anybody who is listening is any ideas that you have because I have a lot of stupid ideas. So do a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurs. So do us the favor and help us know how to avoid uh, the constant stream of dumb ideas that we come up with. But just remember, we always think they're great ideas at first. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Let's start with our own. <laughs> Let's label it great and go from there. <laughs> yes, sir. That's how I roll. Yeah. Well, that's all the time that we have for this show on reinventure.me. It's a little bit different because it's about how we can inspire somebody else in their great next beginning. Uh, but we hope that you found that helpful, uh, even as you think through your own. And if you did, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can find that at reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. Love for you to tell your friends about reinventure.me and uh, ask them to subscribe to receive our show notes directly from our website as they're published uh, each week. And of course, we'd love to get a question or a comment from you at our website at reinventure.me or call us at 612-314-5447. Love to, uh, to hear from you. And until next time, this is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. And we're wishing you well. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.